He's just got his finger on the pulse of the whole Columbus music scene. From our studio located somewhere in the depths of the 614, here's your host, Rick Gethin. We're back, we're bad, we're nationwide, the Cat Club Podcast on the air for another fantastic episode. I'm your host, Rick Gethin. Today's show is brought to us, as it always is, by Bossy Girls Pinup Joint. Lovely little venue located at 2598 North High Street, right here in beautiful Columbus, Ohio. They're a trashy yet classy hangout for local musicians, burlesque dancers, comedians, and entertainers from all walks of life. They have a great beer selection, whiskey, my favorite, tasty sandwiches, locally roasted coffee, and of course, whatever millennial loves, free Wi-Fi. They're open seven days a week. Give them a call, 614-725-5402. That's Bossy Girls Pinup Joint. 2598 North High Street in Columbus. By the powers vested in me by the Federal Communications Commission, I command you to get on the microphone in a serious manner and continue this broadcast. Yeah, we don't like to be too serious here on the Cat Club. But today, our guest in the studio, wonderful, wonderful songwriter, Great band, great musician, and how can you not love something that starts off with bourbon in a glass like a gun in my hand? Of course, I'm talking about Lou Poster and Driftmouth. Lou, welcome to the show. How's it going, Rick? It's, Good to see you. It's going great. Uh, beautiful weekend we have here in, in December. I cannot believe it. I walked out of the house today and I just came right down to a t-shirt. Yeah. I mean, it's a t-shirt and short. I was ready to put, uh, you know, suntan lotion on, go out and work on my tan here, but... Yeah. Uh, not quite that warm yet. Um, yeah, the leaf blowers are out in force today. Yes, they are. My wife actually had me uh, out mowing the lawn today, which didn't make me real happy, but you know, I don't like mowing the lawn in December, but it is what it is. You're supposed to get a couple of months off. Yes, yes. Uh, th- that is how it's supposed to go, but you know, I learned a long time ago, you just say yes, dear, and move on. <laughs> Easy way of doing things. Uh, Drift Mouth, fantastic music. Uh, your latest album just came out in October of yeah, this year, correct? It was uh, officially released uh, October 5th uh, through the distributors, yeah. And a Little Patch of Sky, mm-hmm. name of the album. Collection of songs that, I mean, it's, whether you're whiskey, bourbon, scotch, whatever, I mean, it's it's drinking music. I, it's It was drinking living, right? <laughs> it, so, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> and, I mean, give our listeners the, the, the quick backstory, it... Driftmouth, or, or at least the songs that ended up becoming what Driftmouth is playing, what what you're writing, mm. it was it was kind of like a whether it was a present or an homage to your father, who right? Worked yeah. in the coal mines in West Virginia for 37 years, correct? That's correct. Yeah, uh, it was actually a gift. Um, at the time, I was touring with Grafton, uh, and I didn't have a whole lot of money, and he was uh, finishing up his 37 year tenure there, and uh, so Brad and I got together. And I had a couple of songs that I had been working on. They were about the coal mines. Uh, we did a couple of covers. We did Dark as a Dungeon. Right. Um, and put together like a little six-song EP that we just recorded in Brad's basement. Um, and I, I was able to give that to him as a, as, a, as a retirement gift. What did he think of it? Uh, he actually really enjoyed it. You know, I, I, he wasn't a huge fan of Grafton. He, he always liked that I was doing something sure. with my music. Um, he was, you know, supportive in that kind of esoteric fatherly way sure. of, you know, I'm glad that you're doing what you want to do. You know, I know that you're not making any money at it, but I'm glad that you're doing what you want to do. Um, so for him to hear those songs, which is a pretty stark contrast to what I had been doing sure, uh, stylistically, uh, I think he really enjoyed uh, hearing that and knowing that, you know, there was uh, a, a small body of work that was kind of dedicated to that, that pursuit that he had had for so long. Now, with the music that you were doing in Grafton, compared to what you're doing in Driftmouth, was it that big of a stretch to 
to kind of transition into that? Not really. The the big change for me um, was was the vocal. Uh, with Grafton, I was more of a screamer. You know, the, the songwriting structure wise, you know, a lot of the riffs from Grafton are just cu- sped up country songs. It's yeah. even sped up banjo lines um, that I'd written. Uh, but making the change from shouting and screaming to actually trying to sing. I was always on pitch with my shouts and my screams before. Right. But actually learning how to, to, to sing with any kind of style um, was a, a long learning learning curve for me. Uh, it didn't come real naturally, but I was, I was working on my car one day and uh, try, <laughs> I was trying to get a lower ball joint out and banging on it with this pickle bar. And uh, I had Johnny Cash on the radio. And I was just, I took a break and I just started singing along like full throated with this cash record. And uh, my girlfriend at the time came out and she was like, Was that you? You should probably do that. (laughs) (laughs) And so from there, I just kind of picked up and and started figuring out how to to make my my voice an instrument in that way. Well, I mean, it it works. Um, You'd never guess that that, uh, Little Patch of Sky is, is. Driftmouth's debut full length. Uh, it's it has a polished sound, which obviously I'm sure Joe Beers you recorded at Sonic Lounge, absolutely, yeah. in uh, Grub City. But I'm sure he had you know a, a part in, in getting that polished sound, and he does a great job. Oh, Joe's that. fantastic! And you know he, what Joe does that I don't know that he gets enough credit for mm-hmm. uh, is that he is a, an on the fly producer. He he's not going to mess with the arrangement of the songs or anything like that. He, he might have a suggestion here or there, but. He can get the right mood and the right take out of out of your band, and you know if the first one is the right one, right. he knows. Right. Uh, and if it's not, there there are a couple more takes in store for you, and and you do it because you know I I trust Joe's judgment, and I, he's obviously delivered several great recordings for us, and this yeah. one is, you know, just a, a great example of that. Like he was able to cohesively put together what is basically two bands sure you know we went through lineup changes during the recording of this record um, and it sounds seamless uh, he he was able to to make a record that that kind of compressed together a, a three year span of time right into into one uh, cohesive but it, it doesn't thing. sound like it took that long it doesn't no. no and that's that's to his credit for sure and, and that is it's I mean he's a great producer great engineer and it's a great studio. Of, uh, you know, I know so many bands that have gone through that studio and, and recorded music there. And, you know, it, it shows. You know, he's a pro at what he does. And, and it shows on this album with Drift Mouth. But this being a music podcast, we really should probably play some music. Sure. Um, four tracks from Little Patch of Sky today. We're going to start off with Starling. Great track from Drift Mouth. And you're listening to it on the Pop- Cat Club podcast.
the cold dead of winter and she knows but to fly and to sing by the chimney she's silent in the lee of the north wind and buries herself in her wings starling by driftmouth uh, melancholy tinges to the to the music and and to the the way that you express and emote those lyrics, but it's I mean to me there's there's, there's happiness in that song too. There is uh, there's always that. It's, so that song is kind of written from the perspective of somebody who's watching someone else go off and sort of follow their their dreams or whatever, right? Um, and you know comparing the the person that actually made the 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 jump and the voyage to go and leave to the starling who didn't and you know has has succumbed to the elements um there's it, it is that like you said melancholy bittersweet thing of you know allowing someone to go um when you know that it's in their best interest and that's a that's a an interesting um emotion that's a complicated emotion it's a complicated yeah. um feeling and uh i thought it was worth writing a song about <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's fantastic because it's you know it's like my my kids I, I have a twenty year old nineteen year old and a soon to be eighteen year old mm-hmm. you know and they're all going off into the world right and and the last thing I want to do is hold them back absolutely yeah my but, it, but it is bittersweet yeah. and melancholy at times it absolutely is um, yeah I have an eighteen year old daughter who's gonna make her way into the world soon and you know that I I see a lot of those emotions that I was able to get out of that song. In that situation, I've, I've I've had it. I've been on the other side of it. Um, you know, it's it's something that happens quite a bit, and I think people are, can can relate to that. It's a pretty familiar yeah. familiar feeling. And there's there are those parents that don't want to let go ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want my kids living in my basement until they're forty. You know, they <laughs> do get off and go out, go out and explore the world. You know, there's so much so much to do, so much to see, so much to to just be with right. that way. Um, but your voice is when I first heard your songs with Drift Mouth it was your voice that really kind of drew me in because um, it has that that kind of gravelly aspect of it you know that whiskey drinking kind of sound yep but it's there's a, cathar- a catharsis I'm feeling when I listen to your lyrics I mean I listen to the songs and I'm you know I'm listening to the words that you're writing and everything I'm finding that I'm, I'm taking different points in my life it's like what the hell was Lou Poster when I went through this? Yeah, where were these songs? Um, do you find people feel that way? Um, well, I I don't I don't think anybody's ever uh, put it to me quite that directly. Um, <laughs> but I I definitely uh, I feel like for me it was it was a cathartic um, time. You know, again, this record was a few years in the in the writing and, and creation. But um, during that time, I was I was going through a lot of personal things and sure. um, and and some personal growth and hopefully have come out of that on on the on the better side um, there there was a lot of well-earned uh, whiskey gravel in that in that voice for sure like that's that's well, that not is, in that any is way something that you do well. earn and yeah. you usually earn it the hard way yeah, yeah. Uh, whether that's whiskey good. bourbon scotch or you know whatever your poison may be uh, well, the music signifies we have to take our first break We're going to come back on the other side. More stories from Lou. More music from Drift Mouth. And unfortunately, you'll have to listen to me for the next 45 minutes, too. I'll try and keep it succinct. But we'll be right back. This is the music show your mother warned you about. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Supermarket Produce Putter-Outer. Mr. Supermarket Produce Putter-Outer. You have perhaps the greatest job known to man, squeezing giant melons all day long. Love those squishy melons. When women come in looking for squash, you say, perhaps I can interest you in my giant zucchini. That ain't no zucchini. Day in and day out, women step on your grapes, and you... Don't even flinch. Is that a banana in your pocket? No, it's a plantain. So 
crack open a nice cold Bud Light, oh king of the kumquats. Because if one guy has to fondle our plums, we're glad it's you. Mr. Supermarket Produce Booter Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. I am inside each and every single one of you. Just look in, and I will be there, waving out at you, naked. Yeah, nobody wants to see me waving out at you naked. Not even in your imagination. But we're back, the Cat Club Podcast, and I'm your host, Rick Nathan. With me, we're honored to have in the studio today, Lou Poster of Drift Mouth, um, founder of the band. Yeah, yeah, I had an idea for this, you know, it was uh, kind of an idea born out of necessity for a moment. <laughs> I was <laughs> trying to get trying to get a, a retirement gift made, but it morphed you know, into something it different. It morphed into a, a much bigger thing with a lot but more uh behind it than i had originally thought um it's it's kind of taken on a little bit of a life of its own which is which is nice um and it's it's taught me a lot sure i've, I've learned a lot about being in a band from this experience and, and a lot about um how the the process of of making music that other people might want to listen to uh rather than just what's in my own head right uh, has i've learned a lot about that process um you know i still write what i want to what I want to write, but I've learned how to deliver it a little bit more um, appropriately, I guess. Well, just the delivery as far as listening to your songs, it's it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's something, there's a little something for everybody in your music. Um, most of our listeners uh, who listen to the show and, and who know me know that I don't like pigeonholing bands. Um, you know, I hate saying, okay, this is a band and they're a rock band, or they are a country band, or they're, you know, an Appalachian band or what what have you uh, but with you and Driftmouth the sounds I mean I'm, I'm hearing the rock I'm hearing you know that country tinge to it the, the Appalachian sound that's coming through but there's still there's some punk like anger coming yeah. through at times mm-hmm. um, and that doesn't necessarily manifest itself like a typical punk song where it's fast and hard and in your face but there's an anger in there too that, that right. that's that's part of what. Well, what always punk. appealed to me about that style of music when you're talking about punk rock and you know there's a whole podcast just on the debate about what that word means. But yeah. um, what what appealed to me about that was the freedom and the complete uh, just animal expression of of emotion. Um, that's the, there were a thousand different bands you could call punk that wouldn't have fit in the genre or whatever. Sure. Again, that's a whole different discussion. But what <laughs> I what I do like about the element that I was able to bring with me into this band um, is that is that there is a lot of rawness mm-hmm. um, there's it's there's not any fear of nothing's hidden I right. guess in these things you know like sometimes the the lyric um, might not be exactly obvious but on a couple of listens it shouldn't be too obfuscated and the emotion is is apparent I think in in, in every song it, that was my that was what I was trying to do, <laughs> whether or not I was successful. Yeah, well, in my humble opinion, you were successful, Lou. Um, I mean, it's just, the songs hit home. And like I said, there's a little something for, for everybody um, that listens to this album. Whether they like faster-paced songs or more almost acoustic, slower songs, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. there is something for everybody on, on this album. Well, thanks, and I, I think that there's a, a good amalgamation of a bunch of different sounds. It's it's an American record, you know. There yeah. there are a lot of American sounds on this record, and um, for me, it's 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 about putting together the pieces of my past, the things that I've enjoyed and and been influenced by, kind of all coming together like a quilt, almost. You know, like it, it might not be the prettiest thing, but it definitely ha- it, everything's represented that. That like is, sausage. That is you love right. to eat sausage, but you don't <laughs> want to know how it's made. Right. Kind of thing. Um, I would be remiss if I, if I didn't talk about the the uh, the rest of your bandmates in, in Driftmouth. Uh, Brad Swinearski plays drums mm-hmm. and sings. Uh, Mark Spurgeon, lead mm-hmm. guitar. Uh, Reagan Tanti, yep. uh, vocals and percussion. Eric Johnson on the bass. And Brett Burleson, sliding guitar. Um, plus, you had uh, when you were recording the album, you had Josh Dreyer and Craig Davidson. Uh, That's right. So the point. first version of the band was uh, was Josh Roscoe Dreyer on bass, and Craig Davidson was playing uh, rhythm and slide guitar. And uh, we got about four or five tracks into that into the record, um, and they departed the band. And we came back with uh, Eric on 
bass and Brett Burleson on, on rhythm and slide and, and finished the, the remaining tracks. And, you know, they're kind of dovetailed together on the record. Uh, there's a little bit of an overlap. There's some of the songs on side A are, are one version of the band. Some of the songs on side B are the other version, and there's a little bit of an overlap there. You say side A and side B, and, you know, the, the younger generation is looking at their phones right now and saying, okay, we well, can't flip that thing over, yeah. can you? <laughs> <laughs> you and I are old enough to remember when, when, you know, vinyl albums, LPs came out, and it was side A or side B. Right, and I still structure my records uh, based on that. Uh, right. Uh, just because that's how I, I grew up with records, and I, I still think that the story needs to be told in that way. It's almost like a, a movie, but in two acts or something like that. Like there is a side A, and there should be a cohesion between sure. the between each individual side. But that's some songwriter nerd shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> but you know the the music geek in me, and I'm, I mean music permeates my life, mm-hmm. every fabric of of my life. You know, I, I love hearing stories like that. You know what how it comes together right and what's going through a songwriter's mind when they're not just lyrically but the music and, and putting everything together and that's that's the minute that I love right uh, as a music fan this next song that I wanted to play um, I really enjoyed it because I mean the one line in, I guess in the song that, that really kind of drove home was too late to say I'm sorry now truth be told I never am um, because we've all felt that yeah, we've all been in that position. Um, but this is a song entitled Franklin County Nights from their new album Little Patch of Sky by Driftmouth on the Cat Club Podcast. Say I'm sorry now Truth be told 
Franklin County Nights by Driftmouth. Uh, Lou, fantastic song. Like I said, that that line in the song, I mean, never being sorry, although you, you want to be. Right. Uh-huh. I mean, you, you, you want to You know to you're supposed that. to be. Yeah. I mean, it's the right thing to do. But when you don't feel it, and you it's, don't it's feel like, it. And it's like, yeah, that, sorry, just not happening. Yeah. Um, I mean, that really, I mean, that, that song especially, and that line really, you know, hit home. In, I can probably pinpoint 10 different points in my life right. that, you know, didn't know it at the time, but that was going through my head. <laughs> yeah, the line that I'm proudest of in that song is the Bonfire and Dixie Cup line. That's yeah. uh, an old Columbus band, the Yips, uh, had a, a record out at the time that this song is uh, being referential to in my life that was called Bonfire and Dixie Cup. And it just, it, it, it was the perfect line for that moment in that song for me. Hopefully, uh, maybe the other 30 people that know that record locally will... <laughs> We'll also get get a, a kick out of that, but um, which brings brings up a a point that I wanted to to talk with you about was, I mean, you worked at Bernie's, mm-hmm. sure um, did. iconic venue here in in Columbus, Ohio. You were there for two years, mm-hmm. which you know, working there was like working in dog years. So it was like oh, fourteen, yeah, fifteen I mean, years for you. You know, you know I'm, I'm forty two years old. <laughs> if you if you could see all the gray in the beard here, that you know, it, it put a couple of miles on me for sure. Oh. Well, working in that in that type of thing, and you know the the nine ten years that I, that I was doing the roadie thing um, all over the country, and that put miles on me that mm-hmm. you know I I was not expecting. And when you're that young, you don't think about of course when not. you're going to be forty, fifty. You know, yeah, and when, when you're twenty four, you're never going to be forty. No, God, I was convinced I wasn't going to live past twenty five right. at the age of eighteen. So you know, I was living life very large yeah. um, back then, and you know, it's arthritis and everything else kicks in now. I can tell when the weather's changing. It still looks sunny out. You know, but I am the person I used to make fun of. Right. Um, for yeah. years and years. But, yeah, working in, in that type of a place and, and you know, I, I wish that I could have experienced it. It was before my time uh, here in Columbus. But it sounded like just one of those great places to, to see a show. It had its moments. Uh, there, were, there were some shows that were, you know, too crowded to actually enjoy the band but you can say that you were there right you know there was Modest Mouse and the Donnas and Guitar Wolf there were some shows down there for sure um but you know did, did anybody see them <laughs> well it was you know that brings back the, the memory you know how many people say they were they were the original Woodstock in 69 right you know, right you know four or five million at this point and there was really only what 500,000 there um same thing with uh Daft Punk in 2007 when they played Coachella mm-hmm. now there's 20 or 30,000 people there that saw that show. There's a million that'll tell you that they were there. But we have to take another break. We're going to come back on the other side with more music, more stories from Lou. He's Lou. I'm Rick. This is the Catfoot Podcast. Welcome to Intermission. Natives Devo and their cover of Alan Toussaint's Working in a Coal Mine. Uh, taking us back into our next segment. Uh, with me in the studio, Lou Poster of Driftmouth. I'm Rick Getton. This is the Cat Club Podcast. And Lou, I, I wanted to let you know the 
the diva working in a coal mine, that is my homage to your father working uh, in the coal mines for 37 years. That's you know, that's that's really. Uh, I love that respect for yeah. for people that you know would do that for a living. I mean, that's, that's yeah. such a hard life. Choices are limited. Yeah. You know, in anyway. in West Virginia, West by God, Virginia, as I've been told, I, I need yeah. to refer to yeah. it. You know, if you need to, <laughs> if I need to. <laughs> um, but such beautiful, beautiful country uh, down there in the mountains and, and whatnot, and great people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and it's. Wear your heart on your sleeve, but you know, don't come in trying to change him. Type of thing. Well, it's uh, there's something interesting about West Virginia. Um, it, it's it's beyond a pride thing. It's it's a it's almost isolationist. Um, we're doing we're doing our thing. Mm-hmm. We have our problems. Sure, we'll handle. Them. Everybody else has their problem. It, West Virginia is is, is very colloquial. It's almost isolated. Oh, sure. Um, well, I mean, you, you look at... This is a border state, and I tell yeah. people I'm from West Virginia, and they look at me like I got two heads. You know what I mean? We're, we're not two hours from the... Oh, from yeah, border, no. You know, and, and people don't go there. Um, oh, you can you can be in West Virginia, and, well, as fast as I drive in about an hour and 20 minutes. But, right. You know, yeah. an hour and a half tops. Um, and it, it's remarkable to me um, how... You know, be, being from there and and having the greater world basically basically at my disposal. You know, I, when I left, the internet was, you know, nascent, but it was there. Right. Um, and I was aware of other places. You know, um, to to come to a, a place as, as metropolitan and progressive as Columbus and and to to see that there was a, a lot of um, and I, I'm going to use the word ignorance, um, not in a derogatory way, but right. There's a lot of ignorance about what it's like there. Sure. Um, there are a lot of misconceptions. And, <clears throat> you know, I've never really felt like an ambassador. You know, I don't really care what you think of that state. I I love it. I hate it. I'm from there. Sure. I have, you know, I have my problems with it. It has its problems, but it's also, it's like family, you know? Oh, I'm the same way with um, New York. Yeah. And I, I think that anybody that, that is an expat of any place has that kind of push-pull relationship with it. I love going back. I'm glad I don't live there. You know, and I, I, I'm happy with my decision to leave. Um but I, I do love a lot of aspects of, of what that state is. And I think that its isolationism is one of the things that contributed to the uh, the opioid epidemic. I mean, you look at, at counties that had millions of pills pushed through them with thousands of residents. Right. <laughs> uh, if there had been any kind of oversight or outside you know influence, that, that probably could have been averted or at least minimized. Oh, exactly. You know, that's... So there are, there are problems with that kind of a stance. There right. are also a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of positive from that. You know, you, you know that your mistakes are your own and you know that your victories are yours, you know? Well, I think the, the to me anyway, uh, and looking at it as an outsider, not from West Virginia, have been through the state and visited friends of mine in the state mm-hmm. um, of West Virginia many times. Love the scenery. I love driving through it. I love being there mm-hmm. because it just feels comfortable. You know, like that old flannel shirt or a warm blanket. It's 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 a comfortable feeling when you're when you're in West Virginia. But I think the isolationism, to me, a lot of it comes from the geography. You know, the mountains, and you know, mm-hmm. you've got, as they say down there, that the hollers that are just, you know, they're, they're cut off right um, from a lot of places. But you know, one of the great things I love about West Virginia, the times that I've been there, besides the people, is the food. I mean, oh, you're talking about pepperoni rolls and hot dogs? Uh, well, you know, <laughs> I've had I've had some, that's, that's some better things than that. Um, <laughs> although those are good too. Um, that kind of takes me back to college. <laughs> Ramen noodles and and uh, pizza rolls were were my thing yeah. when I was when I was in college. They were both cheap. If yeah. Jess Jess Kaufman is listening to this, he just called them pizza rolls, and you're going to get kicked out of that one. Well, you know, Jess and I have, <laughs> Jess and I have a history. Her and, and Kyle and, and Mobile Home. Um, speaking of Jess, uh-huh. uh, she was on tour with you this late summer. That's correct. Yeah, she uh-huh. went out and did some uh, some harmonies with us, and um, we we ended up writing a, a a third part for her to sing. And uh, on nights when we could have everybody uh, on stage, we had we had three part harmonies, and it was uh, it's pretty powerful. How did the, <coughs> how did that collaboration come about? Um, well, I've been a fan of Mobile Home for a while. I actually got to see them at Nelsonville a couple of years back on the, uh, the boxcar stage. And um, 
my girlfriend right now is, is from the Athens area. She's from the Plains, and she knows a lot of the bands from that area. So she so she me. she's an acolyte of Wobble Home, right? Yes. And she she introduced me to, to them, and um, we just hit it off, and we we did some shows together. As a matter of fact, we did a show with Mobile Home. I didn't realize that Jess and Kyle lived in Columbus. I thought that they lived in Athens, right? And we had a show booked at the Union down in Athens, and a, a, an ice storm hit, and it was level three. Not allowed to be on the roads at all, mm-hmm. and I drove anyway, and I bulldogged it down there it took you know two and a half hours to get down there and we got there to load in for the show and mobile home was there and i was like we we drove all the way from columbus and they were like yeah so little so did you know right <laughs> we got here before you <laughs> so i've had a lot of respect for them since then too not just musically but just as road dogs yeah they're so, um, fantastic musicians mm-hmm. fantastic songwriters in the and they're great right. people yeah they're really really good people so, that's what i love about them mm-hmm. you know um we had them over here uh, had them on the podcast had him here to the house for barbecues and, and whatnot. Um, Kyle loves his beer, and I'm right there with him. Right on. Although, you know, he's younger than I am, so I can't quite keep pace with him <laughs> the way that I used to. Um, but, uh, you know, Jess and Kyle are good people. Aaron on the drums for Mo Home. Uh-huh. Uh, great people. But J- Jess has that, she has one of those unique sounding voices, too. Oh, she's got such a great voice. It's mm-hmm. it's it's, it's awesome. And I never thought, because I haven't seen... Drift Mouth Live uh, yet, which is, that's on me, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll own that mistake because I have to rectify that soon. Um, but just imagining her voice now with Drift Mouth, and I'm like, yeah, that works. Yeah. Because I know what both bands sound like in their own right, mm-hmm. and I can put it together, you know, in my mind. So I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, uh, you guys in Drift Mouth and also, you know, Jess with you. Hopefully I get to Well, hopefully I'll be able to that. wrangle her into a, another show here pretty soon. Oh. Uh, we're at uh, Rumba on January 18th, so. Okay. Well, I will put that on the calendar because I know I have that date open right now, so. But we need to play some more music. Um, here's another track from Little Patch of Sky. Uh, another song that, that really kind of hits home uh, to me. It's entitled Angeline. The band is Driftmouth, and this is the Cat Club Podcast.
Angeline by Driftmouth from their new album, debut full length, Little Patch of Sky. Uh, Blue Poster here in the studio with us. You know, yes, I use the superlative fantastic all the time, but it really is. I mean, it's it's real music. Thank you. you know, um, I can easily imagine sitting in a bar, sitting at home, you know, tearing my beer, crying over something bad that happened. And your music speaks to me that way. You know, I, I hope that everybody that listens to it gets those emotions out of it. Um, because you wear your heart on your sleeve, uh, lyrically. And it comes through in the music. And, uh, you know, Brad, Mark, Reagan, Eric, and Brett compliment your songwriting and, and your voice and the harmonies and everything. It's just, it's powerful, you know. Well, thanks. Is, um, is all I can say. <laughs> when, uh, when we started out, we decided, you know, We've got these, I think we only had like a handful of songs, maybe four or five songs. And the the way that we approached the songwriting process, at least the arrangement process after the songs were kind of brought in, was, okay, does this part serve the song? Or right. is it, you know, is this just me doing something because I can? Or is this actually making the song better? Is it is it appropriate in the moment? And so we had a very redactive uh, view of, of playing at, when we first started. Um, so much so that, that a lot of those songs started out very skeletally. Sure. And then we kind of were able to to add in a, a little bit and, and kind of flesh it out. But yeah, You brought um, in the different layers that, that really make the, each song complete. Well, and I think that that's why those layers kind of stand out um, and are audible and, and something you can actually enjoy on multiple listens is that, you know, they're in there on their own doing a job and you can find it if, if you want to. Yeah. And that's that's the beautiful thing about your music. It's, like I said before, it's not like a broken record. There's something for everybody here. Um, and music is subjective. But trust me on this one, kids. You want to go out and get your own copy of Little Patch of Sky by Drift Mouth. We have to take our final break. He's Lou. I'm Rick. This is the Cat this portion of the show is being brought to you by our mystery sponsor, a product that is so good that they're paying us to keep anyone from associating it with this program. When you work late nights in dark, repulsive conditions, you probably expect to get paid. They don't. There are thousands of hard-working, underpaid men and women in your city right now. They're called musicians. Any given night of the week, they put themselves on the line for you and your drunk friends. The problem? You're not even there. The beer he got paid with tonight will never keep him warm. That guitar she still owes 12 payments on will never love her back. You can help. Go to your local dive bar right now. Pay the cover charge. Sit down with one of these outcasts and put yourself in their shoes. Take one home. Hell, take two if you want. Support local music. Sleep with a musician tonight. Without you, all we have left are ballads. If you don't like them, I'm sure your sister will. Hey, babe, you want to go out? And the last thing that we want to be left with 
in this life is ballads because that, you know, I just, I love ballads. I just, I don't want to hear them every moment that I'm, you know, awakened and alive. Cat Club Podcast back for its final segment. I'm your host, Rick Gethin. With me, we are honored to have in the studio with us Lou Poster of Driftmouth. Um, Lou, before we, before we get into uh, the last song, which uh, has a fantastic video, and I did want to talk about that, you've got a couple events coming up uh, here this first week of December. You'll be playing on Thursday a live gig that will be streamed online. That's right, um, yeah, with, uh, Pace Magazine. Pace Magazine yeah. in New York City. And that's on Thursday. And then the next day, you're going to be in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. That's right. At Martin Guitars for yeah. another live session. And we'll do another session. Where I think we're going to strip everything down. And uh, I've got a 55 uh, single lot 15 Martin that I, I rescued out of a laundry hamper uh, a few years ago. Um, <clears throat> a friend of mine told me that there was one available to purchase. I went sure. to the guy's house. It was in a laundry hamper with a 37 uh, Gibson banjo. Oh, jeez. Which I couldn't afford to even make an offer on. <laughs> but uh, I, I was able to kind of rehabilitate that guitar a little bit, and I want to take it up there to where it came from and see if they can give it a once-over for me and, and make nice. it sing a little bit more prettily. So how did the how did the uh, gig with Pace Magazine come up? Um, that was about eight months of, uh, hey, guys, hey, hey, we're here. We're, we're doing a thing. You know, the, this record has has had a, a bit of an odyssey already to this point. You know, it it just uh, was released via uh, distribution in October, but we released it uh, March thirty first ourselves on my label, Dead Canary, and then it spent some time uh, getting picked up by Wild Frontier, uh, and, and a CD version was made, and so it's 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 been kind of a, a long long haul on this record. And I've been bugging everybody that I can think of for as long as that record has been out. Um, and I think that it's getting enough momentum now that, that people are starting to pay attention. And well, it's gaining traction. A little bit, um, yeah. And that's, that, that can only bode well for, for you and, and Driftmouth. Um, like I said, you're a band that, just to, to what I'm hearing and what I'm, what I'm hearing and the emotions that it's stirring in me, it, it's... It's a feeling that I think would resonate nationally. Your sound would resonate on a national level or international level. So, you know, hopefully through Paste and this uh, this gig on the live show on, on Thursday and then the one at Martin Guitars the very next day, you know, that gains you a little bit more traction, gets you that much closer um, to the next step. Right. Um, but this final song that I, I wanted to play, mm -hmm. uh, the song is called Wake You Up, but the video, fantastic video, uh, Directed by a, a Grammy Award-winning director. Yeah, buddy Sean Sean Foster. Uh, he's an, an old friend. He used to do uh, videos for uh, Gaunt. Is is one of the ways that I know him. He uh, actually went to high school with my ex-wife. Uh, so I've known Sean for a very long time, and he's gone on to have incredible success. He's done all kinds of amazing, just <laughs> ridiculously great things. And uh, I called him up when we were getting this record together, and I said, "Hey, you know, limited budget. Mm -hmm. What can we do?" And he was like, I got you, buddy. And we, we came down. We went to the Summit, which is my old bar. I used to own the Summit and Bourbon Street. Right. And we shot for an afternoon there. And um, he put together just this really cool, uh, you know, it, it's it's got a look like the videos that I am familiar with growing up with. You know what I mean? Sure. Like it, 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 it almost is like a throwback look to it. It has a little bit of a story to it. And I was able to get a, a lot of my friends involved in it. That's um, always fun. For you know what I mean? Like, too, yeah. and it, and it's fun for me to be able to see it. And it, it does tell a story. Of you know, the song tells a story of, of being in, you know that small hometown and what it's like to kind of grind yourself down uh, in that environment and what you do to escape. You know, right? And I referenced you know a line from the from the song you know to start the show off uh, today. You know, bourbon in a glass like a gun in my hand. I mean, and the way you sing that, just simply amazing. But this is Wake You Up by Driftmouth, and you're listening to it on the Cat Club Podcast.
glass like a gun in my hand. Driftmouth and the lead-off track from their album, Little Patch of Sky, the song is Wake You Up. It sets the tone for for your album, and it's, it's one of those not super fast-paced, but fast-paced enough that you want to strap in because you just don't know which twist and turn is going to come up next as you go through the entire album. Um, we were talking during the song, uh, current author, uh, from right here locally in Chillicothe, in just Chilicothe, south of Columbus. Yeah, yeah uh, Donald Ray Pollock. Um, you know, kind of that same type of thing. Yeah, he was he able to, uh, to to create a, a, a work. It's called Knock'em Stiff. It's basically a, a collection of short stories that has a little bit of a thread to it that, that runs throughout the the collection. You can read each story on its own, and on its own it's, it's to be judged on its merit, but there is a, a, a way to read that as a novel. Uh, because the stories are all interrelated in, in some ways. They all take place in the same area and the same universe. So um, you can actually read this collection of 12 or 15 short stories as as a novel. And the, the way that the narrative thread works on uh, on Little Patch of Sky, you know, it, everything is, is interrelated. These are all stories that happen, you know, it, at least from my perspective. That's how these stories all, all stick together is that there's this commonality of, of, of a of time and a place. Sure. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things to where, you know, like you said with, the, with Pollock and, and the way that he writes, whether you take a short story or in the case of Drip Mouth, one song, it tells that story, but you listen to it as a whole, and yeah. it is. I mean, the album Little Patch of Sky, it's, it's novel in, you know, music form. There's, um, there's definitely, a, you know, and one of my favorite things about music is storytelling, and that's why I'm, why I do what I do. You know, I'm a writer, I think, for longer than I've been a musician, and being a writer and wanting to tell a story is pretty much my whole goal. So, having having music as a as a, a tool to do that is is pretty powerful. Well, you're a fantastic storyteller. Thank um, you. You know, and it wasn't even any tall tales that we told here on the show today, um, but just musically and I can't wait to hear more I know this album just came out I know I'm going to have to wait for a while um, that's frustrating for us too like, <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a second and a third record pretty much written and ready to go but it'll take a while to get that to fruition well you know I'm uh, you know I might not wait patiently but I'll wait uh, <laughs> with great anticipation yeah. of course now your next gig um, here locally is January 18th right that's at the Rome Cafe and that's with uh, that's with Dead Nettles, which is uh, Todd May and uh, Jay Gasper, okay. uh, George Hondrulis, and Shane Sweeney from Two Guy Garage. So um, they're fantastic. They actually played an event with me uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, the Franklin County First that we do at Ace of Cups. That um, that was their debut show, and it was they're phenomenal. Like they came out of the gate, right. trading instruments. They're all extraordinarily competent musicians and. It turned out to be a, a really good band. It's really fun. So nice. I'd like to hear. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I saw the the fifth annual tribute to the Last Waltz here mm-hmm. locally. Uh, James Wooster, fantastic musician. I, every musician on that that bill that was playing the band's songs uh, did such a fantastic job. But I'd love to hear your take on some some of those tunes. Well, I think we, uh, your voice would fit right in. Thanks. Yeah, I I, I can't wait to start. Uh, walking down to that that path right there. It'll be, it'll be a fun fun path to uh, to tread, but uh, you know, I'm not one to step on anybody's toes. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. 
And that is usually the case when people listen to me. And that's why I have guests like Lou Poster on the show, <laughs> who can speak much more eloquently about music than I could ever hope to. Uh, Lou, fantastic album. Congratulations on, on releasing the album. Rick, thank you so much for having me. Um, it, it was my pleasure to have you on the show, and I'm sure our listeners too. Uh, your next show, January 18th at the Rumba Cafe. Get the album, kids. A little Patch of Sky by Driftmouth. Fantastic, fantastic stuff. We're going to have him back. See ya. Well, I hope you folks enjoyed yourselves. Catch you later on down the trail.